0: Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Brisbane podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planning and leading thriving local churches. You've joined us for Dinner with Jesus, a series exploring transformative mealtime encounters found in the Gospels. Together, we will discover the depths of these moments, revealing Jesus' mission of redemption through love and grace. We pray this message is a blessing.
1: Today's reading comes from John chapter 21, verses 1 to 17. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, there with fish on it and some bread." Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dare ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him for a third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Awesome. Well, it's good to be here. It's nice to be back. Um, it's interesting to be preaching. Um, it's exciting. My many of you, many of you may know. I know a number of you, but some of you who don't. Um, I have the privilege of working at a school called Carmichael College, and so I get to speak at chapels to kids. Um, but this is pretty different. So, so, <laughs> yeah. Um so bear with me but I'm super keen to be here. Uh thanks for reading that with me. So we're in the series of course dinners with Jesus and I love this series because I just love um reading the Bible and hearing these stories of how Jesus as a man just sat with people at tables and just saw them in their humanity wherever they were um, and met with them over for food. And it's just beautiful. Um but I want to start with a story, and this is a story that I can't, I can't speak about this at school because I have no idea what I'm talking about because this story uh, revolves around blockbuster video, um, and they're far too young for that. But who remembers blockbuster, this is just a picture from Google, I don't remember, yeah. Um, so good, so good, video easy, same thing. So I remember um, a time. When I was in high school and my family loved movies, I actually didn't, um, but they loved movies. And so we'd go to the video store, um, end of the week, and choose a few of the DVDs to rent out uh, and take home, and then we'd return them. Now, usually, I don't know why, usually we'd just drive back and we'd return them after hours, I guess, so we didn't forget, whatever. And they used to have, like, kind of a slot on the door like the return slot, and they'd have the basket out ready to catch it. Now, one day, um, we were driving past, and and my mum was just like, Casey, jump out of the car, you have to return the DVDs. Um, And I just lost my bearings. And the reason being is it was daytime. And I walked up to the shop, and I just was confused for a moment. What? I don't know how to return this. Is it different? I don't know. And I just saw on the door the return slot with the sign just like returns in here and the arrow. And I just got a bit flustered and a bit awkward as I tend to. And I just shoved them in there. And there was no basket. And they fell on the floor. And the person working and the people in the line just turned and looked at me and were like, Are you joking? And so I just watched them fall, and then I just ran back to my car, jumped in, and my family were like, oh my gosh. And they just, like, lost it, and they forever reminded me of that story. Remember when you just, like, chucked the DVDs in the door, and they slammed in the... Ugh. Anyway, I tell that story because I just have a tendency, when things are different, when something's changed, I didn't expect it, I just get flustered. And I don't know what to do. Um, And sometimes I just do these incredibly awkward things. Um, But there's so much humanity in that, I think. And this story, this story, when I slow down and I read this story, I reckon that to a degree, Peter was having a bit of a time like that. Um, He was a bit flustered, a bit confused, and there was all these things that had happened, and he just... Forgot what was going on. Didn't know what to do in that moment. Um, And so I titled this sermon, Jesus Cooks Breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, And now just for some context in the story, I'm going to focus in on how Jesus interacts with Peter. There's a few other disciples there, but we're mainly going to talk about Peter today. Um, Now this takes place after Jesus had already died. And this is him revealing himself after he had resurrected. Um, So there was... A few times that he revealed himself, and this is kind of, we don't know exactly how many days or anything like that, um, but this is one of the last ones that was noted. Now, a really key part of a story, who many of you would already know, was that before Jesus died in the lead up, um, Jesus had said to Peter, Peter was one of his disciples the whole time. Yeah, he'd said to Peter, you're going to deny me, and you're going to deny me three times, um, And in that time, Peter was like, no way, no way. I will die for you. There's no way that I would deny you. Um, But he did. When Jesus then was taken to be crucified, there's a moment where we see Peter just kind of trails behind. Um, He trails behind and he's asked three times, weren't you with Jesus? Don't you know him? And Peter denies him three times. In his fear, in his confusion, we don't know. But for whatever reason, three times he says, no, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And on the third time, he looks down the courtyard and Jesus looks back at him. And so there's this moment um, of realisation or perhaps of shame. Um, And then Jesus dies. He's in the grave three days. And then he rises again. And this story, this passage, incredible passage, comes after that when Jesus um, shows up again. And so Peter has history with Jesus. He has all of this story um, there. Um, He had, months ago, let me just find my place, sorry. Sorry. Um, he had had this this journey with Jesus. He'd been his disciples, one of his key disciples. And this moments, key moments of Peter's life in following Jesus on the screen there, he was first called to follow Jesus um, from a boat on this same sea of Galilee. And Jesus had come and actually he'd used Peter's boat. He'd jumped in it and used it to preach from to people. Um, And that is where he first called him. And he said, let's when he did that, he said, let's go out further and catch some fish. And similarly, might sound familiar. Peter said, we've been fishing all night. We can't catch any. Jesus said, throw your net over the other side and have a go. They did that. And they had so many fish that time that they couldn't even, they needed to call for help. Um, That there was so many fish there. And that is when Jesus called Peter to come and follow him. He was one of the first disciples to do so. Um, And there... And then he was one of these disciples that just journeyed with Jesus. Peter renamed, sorry, Jesus renamed Peter. Simon, he also gets called. But Jesus said to him, you will be called Peter, um, meaning Cephas or Rock. And on you I will build my church. So there's kind of been this promise. Um, he'd seen miracles with Jesus. He'd walked on water with Jesus. He was the first one to correctly identify Jesus as the Christ. He uh, went this time. And then we got to the bit where Jesus predicted that he would deny him, and Peter was so keen that no, he'd protect him, with he'd give up his life for Jesus. Um, And then this is where we're at, where Peter had he had all of that history. All of that history, and yet it had gone so bad um, in his mind, it had gone so bad, and he just didn't understand where things were at now. And if we look back at this history, we see that actually Peter was a real human, he was a real person. And sometimes I can read through the Bible and skim through these stories um, and forget to slow down. And be like, this was a real person, he had an inner journey. That has taken place over this time of being with Jesus and following Jesus. There was highs and lows. He had really been affected by his life. He was human, like you and like I, and like I am. There's an, um, a feeling, even. So you read this of just almost this disillusionment. And this word gets used a bit at the moment, I find. But all that it means, disillusionment, is just to get rid of some illusions and get more clearly aligned with reality. And I think if we, if when we listen to the story of Peter, perhaps part of it is this is where he was at, where he thought he would die with, G, die for Jesus. He was met face to face with this reality that actually no, he moved in self protection and he denied him, um, and he came face to face with this reality of how human and how real and broken and in need he really was. Now. Jesus had already appeared since he'd resurrected once before. And when he did that, or once before that, Peter was probably at the dinner, when he did that, he'd actually told them to go. Go tell the good news. Receive the Holy Spirit and go. But here they are, going fishing. Something familiar. Um, and so if we go to the next one, I'll just read this part Again. But Peter says, I'm going out to fish. And they said, we'll go with you. Peter led the way to go and fish. But early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. And so I think, it's, again, if I think about this as a human and myself, how I respond when I'm confused and disillusioned and don't know what to do, we don't know if if Peter... Um, Was it rebellious? Had he given up on himself? We don't know. But in his confusion, he had just gone to something familiar. He'd gone fishing and didn't know what to do. But Jesus here showed up and he moved towards Peter in that very place. He was there even though they didn't yet know it. He was on the beach and they didn't recognize it. Um, In all of his confusion, he was already there. And so my first point is this, that we have an embodied saviour and he comes to meet our embodied pain. And so um, here's Jesus. He stepped in. He invaded exactly where Peter was at, both in a real response and in his heart. Here's Jesus in his human flesh bearing scars, Cooking them food to feed their bodies, they're just showing up. And we had um, again that on the Sea of Galilee, which is the very place where he had called Peter before. He um, the things that happened there, where Jesus said, "Throw your net in." It was familiar. It was familiar. He was working with Peter's memory. He was saying, "Remember the highs and remember the lows." The last place, Um, if we go to the next bit. Yeah, so down the bottom, um, we'll see in verse 9, they saw this fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread that Jesus was preparing for them, making them breakfast. And the last time that we read about them being around a fire and specifically Peter being at a fire is the very moment in the courtyard where he denied Jesus three times and he looked across and locked eyes with him. And here's Jesus coming to the very place where a lot of the highs were and bringing up through his senses and his body and his sense of smell, taking him back to that place, that shameful place of denying him. And we know now that as um, that smell is actually the most, out of all of our senses, it's the most connected to our memory. Um, and, and the smell of a fire and something cooking on fire is really distinct. And so I just... I just wonder, and it reminds me of times in my life where there's been things that felt like Jesus, as he spoke with me or as I prayed, he just brought things to the surface. And I'm like, I want to forget about that. I want to forget about that. That is not something that I want to deal with right now. I thought I'd moved on. I wanted to hide. I wanted to just cover over that. We don't need to talk about that. But he brings it up. And why does he do that? I think it's an invitation. It's an invitation to a conversation and to healing. Um, it's Jesus connecting with Peter in his deep place, in his sense of need. Um, and so Jesus brought up not just the highs, but the shameful memories in those actions that he did, that he took. Um, and I have this quote by uh, Dr. Alicia Brick Cole. It says, Being wounded in the family of God is a given. And I think we all, like Peter, have these stories that we've lived out. We have histories in our lives, um, histories with Jesus, histories with the church, with family, whatever it may be. um, And we've been affected by them. And the beauty of the gospel that's shown in this moment is that God knows. God knows and being wounded in the family of God, that's a given. It's not something to be avoided or covered over, but it's a given. So you come wounded and Jesus moves towards you. Um, I remember in my life um, some, some times, specific, specifically I, I um, this morning was sharing about a memory that I had of probably about 10 years ago. Um, it was before we were married. I was still living at home. Um... And God woke me up in the morning. Now I say that, that's not an experience that happens often for me. There's probably been a handful of times where I can really confidently say, yeah, God stepped in and said something super clearly. Um, but this was one of those times. He woke me up in the I'm not a morning person either. But he woke me up early in the morning before my family and he said, go for a walk. And I went for a walk and I didn't get too far. A couple of streets behind my house. it started to rain, just came out of nowhere, it started to rain. And I remember in my um, spirit, just like, why did you do this to me? Like, you called me out, and now you're, like, it's raining on me, okay? Um, And then he said, no, look, and there was a pathway, and there was just one tree, As I went to go under that tree, it was a small tree, but there was just enough shelter for me to sit there and sit under that tree um, while it rained. It didn't last too long, but I remember as I sat down, the Lord just saying to my heart, Casey, rain is going to come. It's going to come, but I'm enough for you and I will meet you there in that. Um, And it was so touched me. Um, And it just settled in my spirit that I just knew this promise of the Lord that he was going to be with me, whatever happened. Um, And the next few years, the rain came. There was stuff. There was stuff. And we all have stuff and we all have stories. Um, And sometimes the Lord brings those up, but he's there with us in it. And he shows up there with, um, she shows up for us in all of our deepest places and in our moments of shame um he is there so we see then that the shame for peter is removed and his call is restored um i i've had the privilege of doing a like a few subjects not much intro subjects um at uni in psychology and i was in, like in social psychology and i was introduced to this term of the ought self um and a number of you probably heard of it but basically it just kind of um it's just the idea of how we, we have an actual self about how we actually live, but our ought self is kind of this concept of how we ought to live uh, according to our past, according to what we know. This is how we really think that we should be. And I think for Peter, as we already looked at his story, gosh, there must have been, as I, as I feel an ought self for him, you ought to have known better than this, Peter. You should have known what to do. You had been with Jesus. He'd given you instructions. You should have known what to do. And I just reckon he probably felt that too. (laughs) Um, That that especially as we think about how Jesus had named him Peter, rock, unshakable. I knew I will start, I will um, build my church. And yet here he was, disillusioned and confused and gone fishing. But Jesus meets him there. And the miracle of the fish, I think, was not just to remind him that there'd been highs together. Remember all that I've done for you. But to remind him that, hey, Peter, it's always only ever been through me. When I called you, Peter, it wasn't because of your ability. I bought the the first time I, I met you. I bought the fish. I bought the results. I did that. It was through me. And still now, despite all of the journey, I do the same. It's only ever been through me. It's only ever, always been through Jesus. Jesus had just died, He had just died. He had just resurrected and he died to pay the the price for Peter's sin, for our sin, for Peter's shame, for our shame. And here he is displaying it and living it out in his relationship with Peter. But Peter had to be willing. He had to be willing to meet Jesus and have that hard conversation. Um, and we saw that in him. When he recognized it was Jesus, he jumped in and he went to meet him. Um, and we don't really know. Was he super keen? Was he excited to see Jesus? Or was he actually just like, I've got to get there before the others. We need to have a conversation. Um, I've got to get there. I've got to sort it out. But either way, he showed up as God brought this stuff to the service surface for him. And so then we see um, Jesus cook breakfast for them and feed them. He feeds their bodies, the tired bodies from fishing all night with no response. And then there's this beautiful dialogue. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And we don't, again, we don't know for sure. What are the these that he's referring to? Is he, do you love me more than the other disciples? Do you, I don't know. Or is it, do you love me, Peter, more than these guys love me? And we saw kind of in the history of Peter, he had this tendency to kind of be like, no, I I am to just respond really quickly. To jump in, to say, I know who you are, Lord. I would die for you, Lord. I will do all of this for you, Lord. And I just want, was is that what he meant? Was it highlighting Peter, is, your, is it really your, your keenness, your eagerness? Do you love me more than these guys love me? Um, and they go on. And Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know. Yes, Lord, you know. You know. And three times he answers, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Which is, a, again, a beautiful, beautiful restoration where Peter had publicly denied Jesus in front of others. He publicly denied him, which was so shameful to do for a rabbi then. Um, here, Jesus takes the time to come. He didn't have to. He could have ascended to heaven by now. He didn't have to, but he shows up and he says, he restores him publicly, just a beautiful grace and a beautiful gift. Um, And the thing that I love here too is it's Peter, do you you love me? Do you love me? And it's this connection between Peter and Jesus, his saviour. And then the response to that is outwards, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Um, And it's always been, the call of God has always been to love him, be loved by him, and then love others and then love others. So Jesus restores him in this call on Peter's life to be a part of the mission. Um, and Jesus shows him that actually his weakness and his humanity does not disqualify him. It does not disqualify him because his strength isn't what qualified him in the first place. It was Jesus and Jesus alone. Now I have this epic quote um, by a woman named KJ Ramsey. Um, He's an author. It should pop up on the screen there. And it's this. Shame wants us to live divided, dishonest, disembodied lives, to treat our bodies and our stories like failures to conceal, to let our lips say we believe God is good, while our hearts stay discouraged in the dark. And the most harrowing power of shame might be in its stealth, in convincing us that silencing our pain Behind statements of god 's goodness is spiritual when really it's just a churchy form of self sufficiency. that really hit me as I prepared for this, and I think that's true of my story. Um, I shared a little bit about uh, my story before, but I just wanted to share one more moment that I had um, with the Lord. My history with Jesus is long i've known him since a child my one of my grandparents was a pastor my Dad was an elder for a number of years. We were part of a church plan. We did all the things. Um, I've been in church for a long time. I had a lot of history with the Lord. But I remember a time, um, and I had at this point in time, I had been through a number of trials that had really affected me, um, and then I had a newborn had a newborn baby who just would wake up and wake up and wake up and wake up. Um, And I had to show up all the time and I just had nothing. I was so tired, so tired. Um, And I remember one night just feeding and being awake again and feeding uh, and just saying, God, I don't know how to pray to you. I don't know how to pray to you. Um, I don't even know if I want to. (laughs) I don't know what to pray for. And I just remember God saying, Um, feeling the Lord just say to me, Casey, just notice your emotions. Notice your body. Notice how you are right now sitting in your story. And notice my compassionate presence there with you. And that's prayer. And that's prayer. Just me with you, right where you are in all of your humanity, in your story and your brokenness. Um, And that has changed my prayer life. There's more elements of prayer for that, of course. Um, But as a basis, it's just communing with God as I really am. Communing with God. Yeah. My last point, we're just about done, is about loving others then in their humanity. And so the call, actually, I'm just going to quickly read one other passage. Let me just find it. that Peter himself wrote years later he did of course go on uh let me find it here we go he did go on to be the rock of the church um and god built the church um And so here, in 1 Peter 5, verse 10, we read this. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And I read that and I hear and remember the story of Peter. And I think, gosh, here it is. Who was it that made him strong and steadfast? It It was Jesus meeting him. He himself meeting him where he was and loving him and making him strong. And so the call of this, just as it was for Peter, is do we love him? Will we be loved by him? And as we do, will we love others? Will we see them in their humanity? Um, and the one thing in the last slide there, is, and the band can jump up then too, that just always gets me is Jesus says, Feed my sheep, as he's literally feeding Peter. He's prepared this meal for him and he's literally feeding him, putting food in front of um, this weary, confused man and saying, Hey, I'm feeding you. Now go feed my sheep. Now go feed my sheep. Now go feed my sheep. And that's the promise to all of us as we go and live on our journeys is that we would be fully sustained by God himself, that he would feed our souls, um, that he would be fulfill our every need so that in the overflow we can love others freely and walk in that. Um, Yeah. And so I'm going to end it there and I'll just invite you to bow your head, close your eyes and I would love to pray for you guys. God thank you thank you that you're here thank you Lord that your love for us that your call in our lives is not dependent um, on us having it all together on our moving fast or achieving goals or doing all the things right it's not dependent on us um, knowing what to do in every moment Lord but it's it's all by you. It's all by you. So God, I just pray. I just pray now that we, would you meet each of these guys where they are? Would you meet them, Father? And I just feel that there's, for a number of us, there has been a gap in our life between that idea of ought self, who we ought to be, what we ought to have done by now, achieved by now, and how our life actually is, or how we actually are. And there's that gap is just filled with shame. It's filled with shame. And so I just pray, God, that you would just move towards these people. Would you highlight those places in our hearts, Lord? And as we worship in a moment, I pray, Lord, that you would just remind us that that is paid for. That that is paid for. We've got nothing to prove before you. Nothing to prove. You call us on mission. Not to prove anything, not to earn anything. But because we are loved and fully seen and fully loved and fully known already, Lord, and from that place you call us on mission. So, Lord, would you just remind us in our hearts, Lord, remind us in the deepest places of us once again, once again, but no matter how our life has ended up, no matter how we have ended up, and in all those moments where we've shocked ourselves, or well, life has been rough, that you see us, you show up there and your invitation is to come to come to you and let you feed our souls lord that you would be enough that you would be enough god mm. amen thanks again for listening to the new life podcast if that stirred something within you or you would like prayer you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray you have a great week. Be blessed.